Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Ten minutes here before the top of the hour. Our guest is Richard McGregor, senior fellow at the Lowy Institute, with us to talk a little bit more about the latest developments in China and this consolidation of power by Xi Jinping. Richard, always great to have you on the program you know, we have to ask a lot of the same questions in seemingly different ways. So let me flip this around a little bit. Uh, we, we knew that Xi Jinping had amassed a lot of power in, in China, and we've known that for the past many years. Um, is this almost more transparent now? Uh, what you see is what you get. All seven members of the Standing Committee, the Politburo, are Xi uh, supporters, Xi loyalists. And at least, you know, that's the case. Yeah, I mean, that is certainly one way of looking at it. Um, you know, the, there's utter clarity from China in that respect, uh, utter clarity also for Xi Jinping himself. He has a very specific and detailed policy program, both at home and abroad, which he wants to execute uh, in what he thinks are now more dangerous times. So he's going to rely on people who are utter loyalists to do that. I mean, I should say that I mean, in some respects, we, we are treating these people who've been appointed to the Politburo Standing Committee as mere ciphers for Xi, but they're not greenhorns. You know, they've all had massive jobs in the system for many, many years, but, but they're all on the same page as well. So they're not appointed on competence alone. It's also loyalty. Mm. Mm, is everyone really all on the same page, though? I mean, there's definitely this facade of unity, but let's just take this for example. Um, they had to rewrite the constitution to allow Xi to break term limits. A unanimous vote in favour. 2,296 delegates all think it's a great idea. Really? Is there really no dissent, or is it just really well hidden? Well, certainly at the moment, at a moment like that, when there's voting, that's not the time to express any dissent at all. <laughs> um, the uh, look, the, the system is opaque. Um, you know, one of the funny things leading up to this party congress, when we're all trying to discern what might happen, you know, one of the prime analytical tools for working, you know, following elite politics in China, and of course, it's elite politics because only the elite can practice it you know, was, you know, we, we look at people's birthdays, how old are they, and the like. Mm. We used to look at people's factions. Now, that's gone. Uh, age retirement limits is gone. No succession planning and the like. So, of course, there's disagreements uh, within China and there's disagreements within execution, but we don't have any insight into that because at the top, it is pretty much uh, a black box. Now, Will it remain like that for the next five years? In other words, everybody marching in lockstep? I, I doubt that's true. There's too many pressures in the system, but it's not clear, easily clear to us outsiders. 
I, I think we have to say probably that in this next period, uh, it may not be as friendly to outside investors as what we had been led to believe. You know, in terms of pushback, I'm not saying that Li Keqiang, you know, was was giving huge pushback, but both he and Liu He were uh, seemingly preaching uh, a, a slightly more moderate model for investors. You remember back in March, we saw what looked like uh, a promise for more transparency, and and that got swept swept to the side. And in fact, now it looks like it's almost a mini purge up there at the top. So is it at least safe to say the atmosphere for investing is not so safe going forward as it was? Well, that's an interesting question because I, I certainly think at the local level, the provincial, city, and even a lower level of governments, they're very keen on foreign investment, um, particularly as many other drivers of the Chinese economy are not working so well. Um, so there's two issues. Are, are foreign investors uh, less welcome? I don't think so. Are their investments less safe uh, because of growing geopolitical issues? That's quite possible, I would say, but they're, they're on the horizon, but not right in front of us uh, at the moment. I really think the biggest issue for everybody is COVID zero because the policy was reaffirmed quite strongly by Xi Jinping. You would expect that, but he did it anyway. Uh, and I think that's really crushing the economy in China and making it difficult for Chinese investors as much as foreign investors. So un until we can see our way clear of that, then I don't really see uh, how it's friendly to any sort of investment at all. Yeah, and are there potential risks around that too in terms of dissent? Because, um, you know, we've got COVID zero. We saw uh, signs of uh, graffiti emerging in public restrooms. I mean, it sounds trivial, but that's really the only place that uh, people can express opinions now because there's uh, no surveillance in a public restroom. So uh, some of these expressions of frustration with COVID zero, is there any risk that this bubbles up if it continues for much longer? Well, there has to be, but I don't want to exaggerate that because, you know, we see a lot of stuff on Twitter and the like of this sort of dissent, people getting angry at the latest lockdown, who wouldn't, uh, for example. But if you talk to other people in China, they say that there's still, you know, a lot of support for COVID zero because they buy the government line that the Chinese government policy has actually protected the health of Chinese so many million plus Americans have died. The official figures for deaths in China are below 6,000. Now, no doubt that's an underestimate, but maybe not by too much. Um, and people seem to have accepted the trade-off. Now, I wonder how much longer that lasts, actually, because if the economy does continue to perform in a really subpar fashion, that will flow onto incomes and create other pressures. So we haven't seen that dissent yet. Just finally on that point, of course, China has its own sort of mini Dr. Fauci's, you know, medical professionals who have the status and standing to speak up a little bit independently. And periodically, they've been making their voices uh, voice known on this issue as well. So I'm, I'm watching out for that as well. So we've seen a big sell down in uh, Chinese equities and bond flows have uh, have kind of uh, stabilized, uh, but but they have been down. Um, are you are you thinking that maybe domestic investors will ultimately be the winners here because a lot of foreigners have backed away, but locals, you know, may take advantage of these better prices? Well, I'm very careful um, about commenting on markets and stock markets in particular, also in China. But 
I, I don't think the markets in China are really that reflective of much other than, than confidence and the like. Um, and so whether the domestic investors are all going to pile in now that the foreigners are out and they'll win on the bounce back. Yeah. Okay. Tough to say, Richard. Out of time, unfortunately. Richard McGregor, Senior Fellow at the Lowy Institute, with us live here. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.